Young and Dumb, a podcast for the young, dedicated, up-and-coming, motivated, and bold. Hear the journey of incredible individuals like you or I, who accomplish many things in their short lifetimes. Allow them to tell their story and share with you how they got to where they are today. And the best part yet is they're only just getting started. Welcome to the Young and Dumb Podcast. What is going on, everyone? This week we have Celestine. She's been able to dance for some of the best NBA teams out there, as well as even transitioning over to Walt Disney World to do some dancing over there. Then she moved into modeling, and now she's in the fitness space. So this week, we had to give her the word dance. Dauntless. How else are you able to not only try out, but get dance roles for the NBA and Walt Disney World? Attainable. No matter how big of position she was trying to get, she always looked at it as something that she could do. Natural. In everything that she does, from modeling, fitness, to dancing, nothing is inorganic. Confident. In herself and her body. Experienced. She's been in dance when she was incredibly young. And while many don't realize, having a good diet all those years has helped her become who she is today. This week, we learn to dance with Celestine. Get Your Grind Up presents another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast with your co-hosts from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, back at it again. This week, we took a dip down into Texas and back up to New York, and we brought on our friend Celestine onto the podcast. She's a fitness guru, and she's going to break it down for us. Celestine, say what's up to the people. Hi, guys. What's up? It's good to be here today. Glad to have you on board. And I know we caught you at a odd time. Just got back from St. Louis. A, a very, very busy day. Uh, I promise we won't worry about any longer, but we got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to start off with our key trademark question. We're going to take your entire journey so far. Yeah. And we're going to turn it into a loading bar. So from zero to 100%, where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar? Um. I would say maybe an eight. <laughs> All right, eight percent. And why did you pick eight? Why do you feel that you're at eight percent? Um, I feel like. Uh, well, can you rephrase it again? Like the question with the loading bar and everything. Yeah. So from zero, let's imagine your whole journey, right? And a hundred percent is your peak. Everything you've been able to do, everything you've ever wanted to in life. You're like 120 years old, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. right now you say you're at 8%. So talk us through mm-hmm. why you feel you're at 8%. Oh, like, oh sorry. Eight, it's far. supposed to be 80%. Oh, 80%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk through that whole 80%. That yeah. Okay. Um, I would say I'm at 80% because, well, okay. First of all, I think everybody's evolving and changing and growing. So you can never be at 100 because if you are, you're stagnant and I believe that life is never stagnant. You're always evolving and, and changing what whatever is the next thing for you and next steps. So I would say I'm at 80% right now um, because I finally figured out what I think I want to be doing with my life. Um, 
it's weird. You go through like different phases. When I was younger, I always wanted to model and I was able to accomplish that. But then once I did that, it was kind of like, okay, what's next? And um, then I started getting into this new career with fitness. And at first I was like, I had no idea I was going to get into something like this. And I now work with a good company and I just see the vision of where I think my life is going to be headed and it coincides with what is going on in my life personally. And I just feel like that is a good direction for me, but it's all new to me. So I don't feel I have a total grasp on it yet. So that's why I can't say I'm like at a hundred, I would say 80% because I, I have the pieces now together. It's just now refining them. Dope, dope. And with, I feel like with all decisions that we make in life, we do them with purpose. Um, big decisions, mm-hmm. whether it's making a move, whether you're finding your significant other, whatever we do, we do with purpose. And in your life, you decided to go the fitness route. And I feel like there's um, a sense of origin to that. Where did that all uh, start and originate for you specifically? Um- so if you would like, I can tell you a little bit of my life story, just so you kind of, your listeners know where I'm coming from. Sure. I, okay. I'll be brief about it, but I basically, my parents are immigrants from Germany and Guatemala. I'm first generation in this country, uh, grew up in Texas, seven kids, same parents, uh, two boys and five girls. And I, we never, we never really had money when we were growing up. And so it was always like, if you wanted to do something, you always had to work for what you wanted. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to, you know, get what you wanted. So from early on, I learned that hard work is is very important. And if you, if you have a hard work ethic and you know what you want to go after, then usually you can accomplish that. So I, I started as a dancer. My mom was a dancer. So she put all the girls in dance school and I would babysit to pay for my classes. Um, and I also paid for my sister's classes since they were a little too young to babysit at the time. And so I earned my income babysitting for several years. Um, then from dance, it took me to be able to uh, audition for different positions. I danced um, with the NBA. I ended up dancing at Walt Disney World. And um, I had like a lot of, I had a lot of um, that, that health. I think that health and fitness was instilled into me early on just because of the whole dancing. Um, after I did dancing for a while, I kind of accomplished those things. And I really always had a dream about modeling. And, um, it was kind of harder for me because back then, if you weren't blonde and, you know, blue eyes, green, green eyes, they didn't really respect you in the modeling world. It was more all about like, uh, I would say, cause I'm ethnically ambiguous. They didn't really like see that as like a, a normal thing. And so I, uh, went to Miami and I was able to get finally signed with the agency there. And then from Miami, I went to California. I was able to work there, and eventually I traveled overseas and was modeling. I did that for a few good years. I met my wonderful husband along the way. We traveled a lot together, and he was a model also at the time. And um, and then once we got once we got married, that's when my life kind of got kind of confused because I was older now. I'm 35 actually, and I was just like most people don't model at 35 and. I was thinking about now I have to think of my family and what am I going to do? I love still staying healthy, but at the same time, I also know I need to do some, I, I can't just keep doing modeling. It's kind of hard when you, when you start wanting to have kids. So I'm kind of in a phase now where I want to settle down and, and modeling is very volatile and very up and down. And so I've read a lot of books and a lot of people say, follow what your heart, what you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about something, you'll never feel like work. Obviously it's going to be work, but it's not going to be that kind of draining work where you're just constantly feeling 
like, oh my gosh, it's the weekend yet. I, want, I can't wait to get out of here. And so I listened to what I enjoy doing and I love fitness. I've always loved fitness, I guess, because of the dance background. And I also love it because I feel when you're in nutrition and fitness, you can help other people and you can share wisdom with them and make their lives better. So it's like a beneficial thing that you're helping your body, you're helping other people's bodies and you just feel good about yourself. And so I started my Instagram just doing fitness and just trying to just trying to put content out there. And through doing that, uh, a company reached out to me and they said they liked my, my workout videos and they invited me to their studio. Uh, it turns out they were opening a new studio and looking for trainers. I had never done training or anything like that. I taught dance class, but to younger students. So it was never like a, a, a type of thing that I'd done, that I, like hardcore, how people do it in New York. And so I went to the studio after trial and error, a lot of struggles. It's a very new method and very different. I am now one of their fitness instructors there. and. It's crazy how it all evolved. And, and now um, after being there for five months of teaching and everything, they really like me and respect me. And they're asking me to come on board full time. And so this is like becoming a serious career for me. That's that's amazing. And <laughs> I like I've always I feel like you've kind of gone down the professional athlete side of dancing. Right. It's mm -hmm. really interesting because I've always both of my a uh, few of my cousins were dancers and they grew up dancing, but they kind of just that. left it at that in like high school, right? And yeah. I've always really yeah, wondered. Yeah, I've always wondered how and what is that next step? And obviously, you've been able to make that transition before by dancing with NBA teams and at Walt Disney and everything like that. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Is it like tryouts? Is it like college soccer where oh. you're sent, like you're making a um, a highlight tape and sending it out to colleges and hopefully you get recruited. How does yeah. that all work? Oh my gosh. It's crazy how I, I don't, I think it's partially, I definitely think it's luck. It's God's favor. And I think it's also hard work. Um, you have to, anything you want in life, you have to know what you want. And if you know what you want, you can work towards that. So I knew when I was dancing, I knew the type of dance I wanted to do. Um, there's several types of dancing from lyrical to jazz to modern ballet tap jazz. I loved hip hop and I knew that was my passion. So I was at a only ballet school at the time and I knew I wanted to dance on an NBA team. So I left my dance school that I was at and went to a totally new school that only taught um, the NBA style of, of dancing. I went to their workshop for probably six months learning exactly that specific style. I did it four days a week, two, day two hours every day and just like put my whole soul into that. And because I just I just was solely focused on doing that, I think that made a huge difference where is if you don't really know what you're going for, you can't really work towards that because you don't know why you're working towards something. And I think because of that, they saw my passion, my determination. And when I auditioned, it all kind of just kind of worked out together. It was it was it was strange. It was like over 500 girls and only, I think, 15 made the team. I, I'm still shocked to this day that I got on the NBA team, but I think they just saw that that fire and passion in me. They saw the hard work and dedication I put into it. And then also definitely this luck. Um, but it definitely starts with knowing what you want and then working towards that goal and just giving it your all and not quitting. Because I was tired. I got injured and you just can't quit. And then with Disney World, it was kind of the same. I, I still wanted to do the dancing thing, but I already did the NBA. And I was kind of like, what else is out there? And I got the opportunity to audition in Austin, Texas. They liked my look and they liked my dance ability. And then I, I, they saw that I had uh, 
a lot of people who auditioned were not as committed to dance as I had been. And so they saw that and I don't know, it just kind of all worked out together. I had to move. I had to pack up my, my car, drove cross country to Orlando, Florida, had to leave everything in Texas, but it, it was worth it because I was able to experience something so amazing at Walt Disney World. And I was actually, uh, I was Princess Jasmine when I was there and it was, it was such a cool experience. So I think you just, whatever you do, you have to know what you want and then you have to work hard for it. And I agree with that a hundred percent, especially coming from my background specifically. I went to Umer um, College, which is a, a school predominantly surrounded by uh, theater and dance majors. Nice. Um, so I didn't experience it firsthand, but a lot of what you said, um, you know, trying out for um, the NBA team, putting in those long hours, I got to see a bit of that backstage dance life that most of the modern day media doesn't really portray. You don't see this on mm-hmm. your step up movies. You don't see this on America's Got Talent. You know, um, you see a lot of people at the peak of their success, but you don't see what it takes to get to uh, that s- step, becoming on, uh, getting to an NBA basketball team's dance team, which right. is incredible. Like <laughs> I literally watched, actually, actually watched um, the full dance routine by the New Orleans Pelicans dance group. Um, I think maybe two days ago, don't ask me why I did. I just did it. It was one of those impulse things, but I was mesmerized about all the coordination. I can see how much work went into putting on a production for what, two and a half, three minutes for an NBA show. And it's something that they do constantly. There's 82 games in the season. Let's say half of them are home games. That's 42 games. You can't put on the same routine for all 42 games. So it's, it's a lot of work that goes into that. And I'm, I'm starting to see that more and more as we, as like, as you go through your story and I'm starting to put all those pieces together. So again, I have a tremendous appreciation uh, for, for what you're doing, but are there any other um, things in the, the dance world that we aren't necessarily seeing up front because the modern day media doesn't portray it to us? Yeah. Um, there is a thing where you have to, the the weight issue and definitely in the dance world and the modeling world weight is definitely a big factor in if you're going to get selected or not and girls who are overweight unfortunately they don't get as many opportunities as the thinner girls and some girls take it to the extreme and they become very scarily thin because they just want to fit that that um, image and that's where my fitness and health focus really became concentrated in because I saw sometimes girls doing damaging things to themselves. And I was just like, there's, this is unsustainable. Yeah. You can do this for three months, six months, a year, but long-term you're damaging your body. And I was put under that stress too. You need to lose weight. You need to look a certain way. And that really opened my eyes to, you know, having, how do you eat to stay, to, to stay lean and healthy without damaging your body? Because a lot of girls when they're younger, they think they look at food as something that, um, is only to make you fat or skinny. They don't understand all the nutritional components to it and what it does to your body and how it affects you. Certain things that you eat or don't eat will, will you know, change the way that you're, you feel and the way you function. And so in the dance world, that's kind of a hidden area. That's, that's kind of sad. Um, and it needs to be, I think it's, it's becoming better now because people uh, realize that, you know, what was happening back then, it can't be tolerated today. So now they're more accepting of body types and, and different styles and everything. It's not just that one look that's only the right look. It's now that everybody's more accepted. And so I, I encourage that. But at the same time, 
it always needs to be a health focus rather than an uh, aesthetic focus. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's like, like for me, for instance, no matter how hard I probably want to try, like I'm never going to look like The Rock. Like I'm, that's just <laughs> not my build, right? And no matter how much protein I shove on my plate, no matter how many weights I lift, it's just not going to happen. And I think that's a great transition in the fitness and dance and modeling world because even when in one of our first interviews, we interviewed Pedro who on his first gig, he walked down for Givenchy and oh, wow. he was talking about how he was surrounded by people who were like 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and they would have a 30 waistline and he would be like, how how does that even work, right? Especially when you're a guy and you're that, you're that tall, it's very hard to kind of sustain that figure for a long period of time, let alone five to 10 years. So how have you kind of navigated your way in the fitness and nutrition area to kind of match the aesthetic please, if you want to call it that, of right. like modeling and dancing, as well as focusing on health too? Yeah, so this this past the past two years when i i kind of went through a huge transformation or, or transition i um graduated college got married and then I, I moved to a new city so those were huge things that just kind of like all of a sudden changed in my life and i had to learn to adjust to that and i i went through a real hard phase of, of not knowing anywhere where i was wanting to go with my life and I, I wasn't sure if, you know, if it would be something dance related or if I continued modeling and I just kind of was like stuck in a rut. And I, I asked God a lot. I was like, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, and then slowly it all kind of came together. And I'm now actually in two different schools. I'm in the Gray Institute for Fitness and I am in the Integrative Institute for Nutrition. And these two programs kind of coincide with my new job opportunity that I got with, it's called PVOL Fitness, amazing company, by the way, if, if you uh, have anybody that wants to do online streaming for working out at home. It's amazing because Pevolve has taught me to work out in a sustainable way. You don't need to punish your body. You don't need to be doing all these crazy jumping around workouts that in the short term, yeah, may benefit your body, but in the long term, you can, you know, you're going to get injured and, and all these other complications happened. Inflammation, which like is causes problems with uh, your, your, your food and, and muscles. It's just, it's a lot of problems. So Pevolve has a physical therapy approach and I fell in love with that company because for so long I had been looking like, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep myself healthy? I'm, you know, I'm getting older. I'm going to have kids and I need something that's like going to be sustainable that, that I can do all the time. And, and um, I, the, the program that they studied under is the Gray Institute and it teaches you about like alignments of your body and uh, opening up your muscles, stretching. And I really liked it because that program is kind of similar to what I've learned in ballet. It's a lot about lengthening and stretching and slow controlled movements that really help your body do a mind body connection and the everything works in, in the proper form. And so I'm studying right now with that. And then with the nutrition component, I know it's important as well, because if you work out all the time, but you don't eat healthy, you're really not, it's not going to benefit your body. So both of them need to be in alignment together for it to work as nutrition actually being more because your body is a working machine and you have to feed it the right components in order for it to pro function properly. Just like a car, it needs gasoline, not milk or water or oil or something else. It needs only gasoline in order to function. And so both of these schools have really opened my eyes to 
understanding the body, understanding a whole wellness component of how you need to have this as a sustainable method rather than just being like, go, 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 and, and, and just doing it for the moment, but just doing it and thinking long-term. And I feel like I'm in a better place now because of that, because I finally have a direction of where I want it to go. And I feel like this is something that will benefit a lot of people, the more knowledge that I gain as I learn about this as well. And I think you touched upon something really, really crucial that I just want to blow up here. And that's the idea of sustainability. And yeah. I think with the the youth today, uh, especially I can say my generation, our generation, um, the, the idea of the now is very crucial. So in the entrepreneurship world, the idea of hustle porn is really big right now. True. Working incredibly long hours, basically draining yourselves of everything and anything um, healthy or sustainable and doing that for um, these inflated results, um, which for a short period of time may work, but again, yep. not sustainable. Not sustainable. Um, Right. And with working out, doing all of these crazy um, workouts that you, you spoke about, again, short term may have some great results, but long term, not sustainable. Having these short waste in for modeling, short term, again, works, but long term, not sustainable. And it's the idea of sustainability that makes things last. We start to understand what we're doing more um, and that will have lasting longer lasting effects that are beneficial to the lives that we live. So I'm really, really glad um, you brought that up. And are there any other um, little tidbits that you've learned through your two methods of schooling that um, are a lot of big misconceptions in the world right now? Um, yeah. In nutrition, I had no idea that there is, I always thought that you had to be very rigid with yourself in order to be healthy and you couldn't eat garbage because if you ate garbage then all of a sudden you're a bad person if you do. And I, in my integrative institute, I'm learning that if you eat 90% of the time healthy, 10%, you can do whatever you want. And it's always about moderation. So in, in the US, it's very much about excess. People either go all in and don't want to do anything and they go like these crazy diets and they're super serious. And then and then they binge eat like only a few days or maybe a few weeks later because they, it's not sustainable. You can't restrict yourself like that. And so an amazing thing that I learned at the Integrative Institute is you have to have a body awareness. You have to listen to your body because your body is alive. It's telling you things and what it needs. So for if it's telling you that you need some, if you're reaching for chips or something, it, it's telling you that you need more maybe sodium in your diet and healthy sodium, which is like the, the sea salt, not just that fake processed salt. And if you're needing something that is um, more crunchy, maybe you need more like vegetables in your diet because you're, you're wanting like crunchy, chewy things, but it's like maybe that you need something that's a carrot or celery that has more of like a chewing factor. So they, they teach you this way of thinking of it's don't ever think your body's wrong. Don't ever think your cravings are wrong, but listen to what your body is saying and always try to find healthy, healthy alternatives to whatever it is you're craving. And then obviously in certain times when you want to enjoy some, some bad food, that's totally fine as well, because there's nothing wrong with that. We can't live in an extreme where it's all this or all nothing. And um, they give it a very, and then they also say that there's no one approach right for anybody. Everybody's body is different. If you're a man or woman, it's different. It depends on your age because a younger person has different uh, nutritional needs than an older person. If you're more active, you have different nutritional needs than if you're more sedentary. So you really have to listen to what your body needs. And then you have to 
base everything on that and go from there rather than saying this is a one cut program this one fits for everybody because it doesn't and people who try to only follow these strict rigid programs they end up failing which i did in the past too because i i had no idea about nutrition what worked and what didn't you you would hear all these crazy things like do the master cleanse or do the zone diet or do Atkins. And I'm like, well, which one do I follow? They all are saying something is right. But then this one is saying the opposite. And I'm, it was so confusing. And now I realize they, all these diets have an ounce of truth, but the only truth that really matters is what your body needs physically. And as long as you are feeding it holistic foods that are come from the ground, that are natural and um, feeding your body the right nutrition, then you're, you're going to be fine. And so this was like a breakthrough for me to, to be learning this. And, and it coincides very well with the, the whole gray Institute as well for the fitness component, because they also say no one body is right. Everybody has a different degree of like how they can move and, you know, their, their age and everything. And so you have to do workouts based on the individual, not based on a cookie cutter formula, and then just apply it to everybody because everybody's body is different. So they both are very in alignment with together, which I love. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think that point of the, the point of excess is huge because for me, dieting never really made sense because when I looked around at the people who dieted around me, it was like, okay, I'm going to go on this diet for two weeks, right? And yep. then once these two weeks are over, it's I'm going to automatically be healthy and then I can just go back to eating McDonald's, Burger King, whatever it is. Yep. And that, that mindset just didn't make sense to me because it's like, well, then you're just kind of like trying to take a shortcut. And in the end, you're just going to end up going back to the other lifestyle that you you were before and you're just going to end up in that same spot again over and over and over again so what do you think is kind of the best way to slowly transition into that new nutritional diet i know you said instead of maybe if you're wanting something crunchy instead of chips you could have like celery or carrots but is there something else like a key snack that you love to snack on compared to like a chips or something like that yeah so um I'll tell you about the snack in a second. But the first thing that you need to do if you want to transition is you have to think of everything you're feeding your body as something that your body is going to pull out and going to apply um, to either rebuilding or healing or giving you energy. So you have to think of food. It'll make you fat or skinny, but as food is something that is, is feeding your body the right thing so it can function properly. When you feed it the right things, it'll be able to keep you healthy and keep you going. And so I would advise everybody to try to keep your foods as basic as possible, meaning that they didn't go through a huge transformation. So for example, bread, gluten, gluten-free is, is very big right now. People are saying they have all these gluten intolerances. Well, if you're eating the fake bread, which is like a white bread or even a bread that is labeled wheat, it has all of these transformations from when it came from the ground, which is with like a wheat kernel or a barley. I don't know what you call it. It's like a kernel, but it, they went through all this process. They took out all the nutrients from that grain kernel and then they milled this flour. And now they're adding back all these fake nutrients in order to try to make it seem healthy. But if you just go from what the actual grain was and stay with those whole dark, healthy grain breads, then you're going to stay healthy. So in that sense, you have to think of food as a fuel source and, um, and then from that, when you, when you start thinking of this way, 
it opens a lot of doors to you. You realize like when you're eating a salad, you're not eating a salad just to stay skinny. You're eating it because it has iron for your blood. It has um, all these vitamins to keep your skin looking good. It has uh, minerals to keep your hair nice. And, and, and it'll, make you, it'll make you feel good on top of that. The number one thing is you will feel great. You won't feel sluggish and tired and lethargic or, or bloated or constipated because you're eating the things that your body needs. Um, so for snacking, I still love my junk food. I still love Doritos. I love, I love uh, Reese's Pieces and um, chocolate. I love chocolate. But I eat that in moderation. So I try to eat, I would say I eat a vegetable every day. Usually broccoli is my go-to or spinach. And then I try to have like um, yogurt because healthy yogurt, Greek yogurt, which has a lot of like live cultures and it helps aid in digestion. And then when I do want to have my junk food, I'll have like my chocolate for the night, but I'll just have one piece. And what's really helped me is I used to binge eat before and I would eat like a lot of crap. And I realized that I shouldn't be doing that because it's, it's not obviously didn't make me feel good and it was not good for you. But I did that because I was so restrictive before and I thought I couldn't eat all that food and then I, I, I couldn't handle it. And I would just binge eat like when I couldn't handle it anymore. And now today I just realized I just eat one piece and then that's good. And if I feel like I'm deprived, I know I'm going to have another piece tomorrow. So it's, I don't feel that need to constantly overeat. So for healthy alternatives for snacks, I always eat nuts. I know some people are allergic to nuts, so then you don't have to do that. But the reason I eat nuts is because they are sustainable. They have the oils in there, the healthy oils, like, um, uh, what's it called? Omega-3s in there, which are really, really good for your heart and for your body. And they also keep me feeling full longer. Um, I'll do another snack is like a peanut butter and apple, but I don't use the Jif peanut butter because that's processed. It has added, it's hydrogenated. So I use um, just the natural peanut butter that would be ground up and is just in its natural state. Um, or I'll do peanut butter banana, or I will do, um, let's see, what else do I do for snacks? Um, just light something light. And yogurt sometimes I'll do for a snack too. So that way I, I don't have to reach always for the bad things. And when I do want a bad thing, it's fine to eat that in a small portion, but I mostly have healthy alternatives so that I don't need to go always for the bad alternatives. And the other thing is I try to limit the amount of junk food I have in the house so that I don't go reaching for those bad things, but I go reach for the good things. So I would try to keep the more healthy options in my house so that it will allow me to eat those in, uh, first. A hundred percent, especially I, I learned that lesson now that I, I live on my own. Um, I <laughs> recently moved out of uh, my mom's house, graduated college and everything. I have my own okay. place. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and living on my own. So whatever I buy is essentially what I'm going to eat. And if I'm going to eat yep. like shit, then I'm going to buy shit. But like if I eat, if I buy carrots, if I buy some vegetables here and there, even though I was a big vegetable foe beforehand, I will admit I'm starting to come around to it. Uh, but if the better and more healthier that I buy, the more the healthier that I am, just because, you know, that's all I have around me when I'm hungry and go for a snack, you know, some carrots and ranch and I'll be all right. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and carrots are good. Carrots are good for you because you said you use the computer a lot as well. They're really good in lycopene, which helps aid in vision for your eyes. So right there by eating those carrots, you're benefiting, benefiting your eyes. And um, yeah. Exactly. I'm helping myself in a way I never knew before. So I'll give myself a little pat on the back there. Um, yeah, but I, I I would give one tip to your to your listeners is sure it, when you're eating food instead of just saying oh I have to eat carrots or I have to eat an apple what you should do is this is I, I maybe I'm a little nerdy but I Google every piece of food I've ever eaten <laughs> and I look I say I Google what are the benefits of eating apple and you have all this stuff come up and it'll say 
it helps in this, it helps in this, it helps in this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. And so now I look as food as something that's going to benefit my eyes, or it's going to make my hair look good, or it's going to make my teeth stronger, or it'll make my stomach feel better. And so when you think of food in that way, how is it going to benefit you? You're more likely to eat it because it's not just like, oh, I have to eat a vegetable. Like It's like, oh, this is going to make me my skin glow, or it's going to help get rid of my acne, or it's going to aid in, in me digesting properly or something like that. So it's pretty cool when you just Google what, how will this food benefit me? Exactly. And I felt like if most Americans knew about all the health benefits of what they eat or what they could eat were, we'd be a, a lot healthier for a nation. Right. Just to say that. But let's take this opportunity to, to transition a little bit. We've heard 80% of your journey, which is an astounding amount. But I want to get to that 100%. Let us know, if you can, what 100% looks like for you. A hundred percent, I think, would be not financially struggling uh, because that's still where I'm trying to figure that part out. Um, I'm thinking to open a company and I'm just trying to figure out, is this something that's going to, I know it's going to definitely benefit people, but I don't know if I am going to be able to make enough income off of it. And so that area I'm still struggling with is also, it's also wanting to have flexibility and to be able to work from anywhere but then I need something that is going to be able to, you know, sustain me financially. And that's the area I'm still unsure of. And um, I think once I figure that out, it's going to be a lot better for me. But at the moment, that's, I would say that's my struggle. That and, and, and that, and also I, this is, you probably won't believe this, but I'm actually a really shy person. And I, I get very overwhelmed by being around people. And so I have to, my new job is, is having me be around people all the time. And it's sometimes it's, it's hard on me because I just, I'm not like that. I'm a very much more of a one-on-one -on -one intimate setting. Like you guys talking to you guys is great. But when I have to be in front of a crowd of 25, 30 people, it's kind of overwhelming because I'm not that kind of a person. And also having to, with my new job, um, I have to put content online and I get worried. What if people are going to think I'm weird or think I'm dorky or, or don't understand where I'm, I'm coming from. And then they just judge me without even knowing me. And it, it kind of gives me anxiety to think like, I don't know, I'm going to be judged for something and, and there's nothing I can really do to change it. But if I try to like, try to be cooler or more nice, then they're going to think that I'm even weirder. So I'm kind of like, maybe I'm just too much in my head. <laughs> no, I mean, I completely understand that because mm -hmm. For instance, I started making videos on LinkedIn, right? And LinkedIn is this oh, yeah. very professional platform. It's supposed to be this place where you're in your suit and tie and your resume and everything. And then here mm -hmm. I am coming on, just doing videos off of my cell phone, wearing a hat, in my hoodie, whatever it is. And I'm getting good amount of views and I'm getting great feedback because oh, wow. I think the best piece of advice that I can give you would be just be yourself. Be as authentic as you can because I think in the long term, being you will always win. Whereas if you have to put on this fake persona, maybe not fake, but like wanting everything to be perfect, it's yeah, gonna yeah. it's gonna hurt because it, it helps me so much in the back of my head knowing that I don't have to edit my videos a hundred percent every single time to this crazy storytelling ability. So that if I do have a rant about 
um, an interview that I just had, or if a student just came to me asking for advice and I had some great advice and I can just rant it right off of my cell phone, it helps me just knowing the back of my head that my audience knows that that's what they're going to get is that true yeah. and authentic person. So I that think that helps for- me because that's, that's limited me why I haven't done. People have been asking me and asking me and asking me to start a YouTube channel. And I haven't because of that factor right there. And I just was like scared. I don't, it's not perfect. It doesn't look professional. And I, I feel like I'm going to be judged. And so that, thank you for that. Yeah, and I'd actually, I would like to add on to that. Like more than just being you be unapologetically yourself. Um, mm. Don't feel like you have to uh, apologize for being who you are. Like that's who you are. That's who you excel at being. Um, and you'll be surprised how good the internet is at sne- uh, sniffing out unauthentic people um like they they know what's general or what's genuine what's real um and just share that to the world i mean me personally i've had some struggles um i've been doing videos on instagram for as long as we can remember for get your grind up and i used to hate being on videos there's times i'm still like (laughs) why am i on camera right now like who gave me this phone but like that's who I am. Like there's times where I'm just having fun with it and I'm just letting loose and I'm just putting it all out there. And whether the reception's good or not, like hmm. whatever that video is now a piece of me. That's me in video form presenting content I feel strongly about. So by all means go gung ho and get after it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just just always know your first video is always gonna be your worst. But <laughs> Okay, good. But <laughs> But it's going to also be your best one, too, because Mm -hmm. it's going to be your worst in terms of you're going to probably mumble. You're probably going to stumble around and you're probably not going to be able to storytell as best as you ever wanted to. But when you're looking back 10 videos down six months, a year back and you look back at it, you'll look back and laugh at how funny you sounded. And you'll be like, wow, this is amazing how far I've come in such a short amount of period of time. Like, I'm sure you can talk to Tim about it because I'm sure the first video that Tim ever edited and he looks back at it now, he's like, what the fuck was I thinking with all this? (laughs) But now he's killing it in everything that he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so true. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always putting out that first piece of content. It's always scary, but once you do it, it, it helps so much more. If you want like live like proof, honestly, go back to our very first oh, yeah. episode of this podcast. Oh, I sure Atrocious. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> atrocious. But I mean, you know, you, you get better and it took us a while. Not going to lie. It did take us some time, but eventually we got there and we're starting to fire on all cylinders. Amazing. Exactly. All right. So before we ask our last question, um, where can people find you? Where can they get in touch with you if they want anything fitness related or just to follow you on Instagram or something? Yeah. So I will be opening soon uh, my website and my company for the nutrition. So uh, once that's out, I will be posting that on my Instagram, but you can find me at the moment at Celestine.Atley. And that is C-E-L-E-S-T-I-N-E dot a t a l i e so that's my instagram page i post i i was posting more fitness videos but i had to take a step back and just kind of reassess everything so now i just have a little bit more personally about me and i'll be opening a new page for the nutrition Thank you.
That's so funny. No. <laughs> That's so funny. We have one more question. We're so close. <laughs> we should have stopped giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> it was flowing. I liked it. It was. It was doing well. But damn. Um, doo -doo -doo. Hey, guys. No idea hey. what happened. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> You're talking about you. You're going to start uploading fitness yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. So I have my my two pages coming up soon that they can follow me for specific nutrition or fitness stuff, but you can find me at Celestine.atley. And, um, yeah, send me any message anytime. I'm always willing to help, um, any way I can. Awesome. So if you're out there, you want to learn a little bit more about fitness, feel free to give Celestine a follow on IG and send that DM. Cause we all know it goes down in the DMS in terms of just getting in contact with people. That's how we got in contact with her today. Shout out facts, to Michelle. Facts, facts. So final. Yeah. And also you can check me out. You can check me out also at Pvolve's website. That's P V O L E. And that's where I am doing all the fitness workouts and they have the online streaming and you can see me um as is my second workout i'm going to be doing tomorrow and you can see me on there um doing the streaming content love it so final question what is a question that you wish that we asked you oh man um you guys are pretty thorough <laughs> um I have no idea. I, I think you guys nailed them all. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll rephrase that. Is there anything else that you'd want to leave behind to the people, whether that's advice, nutrition, something about you that you want them to know? This is your chance to share it all. Yeah. Um, I would say find balance in your life. And that was my goal for 2016. Um, I'm sorry, for 2019. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever year you're in find balance for your life because I would say 2018 I I pushed myself too hard I overdid it and I got sick a lot and I reassessed what I've been doing wrong and I took a time just to, to think and just kind of do things differently and I realized I like you said that entrepreneurial thing that grind 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 it doesn't need to always be that 24-7. You need to have time for yourself. You need to have time for spirituality. You need to have time for friends, family. And um, so for 2019, my commitment was to be more in balance in all of those areas. Absolutely work hard, but at the same time, make sure you have time for rest, recuperation, and fun. I, And if you do that, you will be not only healthy nutritionally with eating good, but you also will be healthy mentally with taking care of yourself in a, in a, in a nice way. A hundred percent. I mean, guys, you heard it here first, sustainability, big key. You need to know yourself and nutrition is huge. Vegetables are friends and food. Celestine, <laughs> I want to take this opportunity to extend a huge get your grind up young and dumb. Thank you for coming onto the podcast after the very busy day that you had and <laughs> spread your knowledge, your joy and having a good time with us. Yes, Justin Gary, thank you so much. 
This is a pleasure. Really appreciate it. And for all of you listening out there, if you want to learn just a little bit more about Celestine, hop on our website, getchogrindup.com, or you can follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Get Show Grind Up. As you already know, all 2019, we're coming with the heat. We're coming with the fire. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast. Your co-host from the East Coast signing out. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, Get Show Grind Up. See you guys soon. Peace. Peace.